0: Now enjoy this this beautiful hymn, uh, "Amazing Grace." Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Today we gather here to give witness to our faith and to give praise to God and to celebrate and remember the life of Mr. Alex Lafayette Holtzford Sr., who came into this world on may the 18th 1931 and who graduated from this life into life eternal on october 27th 2022 we pray that god will give us strength when we are weak and give us comfort in our grief and with all those who are grieving today with us let us pray gracious and almighty god our heavenly father from whom we come and unto whom our spirits return. You have been our dwelling place in all generations. You are our refuge and our strength, our very present help in trouble. Grant us thy blessings in this hour. Enable us so to put our trust in thee, that our spirits may grow calm and our hearts be comforted. Lift our eyes beyond today. And beyond the shadows of this earth and help us to see the light of eternity so that we might find grace and strength for this hour of need and for each and every hour of need. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. I would like to ask you to stand as you're able and join me as we sing hymn number 77, How Great Thou Art. Thank you. Remain standing, please, and let us unite together in this historic confession of the Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. If you need the words, they are on the inside cover of your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, Thank you. you. may be seated. At this time, I'm going to share one of my favorite psalms, and I think it's just about one of everybody's favorite psalms, Psalm 23, the Shepherd's Psalm. The reason it's so powerful and so memorable at a time like this is because it reminds us of how The Good Shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, provides for us, his sheep, at every moment of our lives. From the time we come into this world, to the times that we are are young and need some direction. The times that maybe we're sick and injured and we need to have our heads anointed with oil. Uh, Maybe those times that we need to be pulled back in line by his rod and his staff. When we need rest, he makes us lie down in green pastures. And then finally, when we come to the end of our days and we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even there, the good shepherd is still with us. On the back of your bulletin that you have today, you'll find the 23rd Psalm printed. And as I read this, I invite you to read it along with me if you want to. Maybe you know it by heart or maybe you just want to listen to it. That's fine too but hear these words from the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. At this time, I'm gonna ask uh, the sons, Ron and Lex, to come and share their thoughts about their dad.
1: Thank you. It's uh, <clears throat> perfectly fitting that this building is the, the last place where my dad's physical body would be uh, in this beautiful sanctuary here at First Methodist of Gadsden. Dad, Mom and Dad both just absolutely loved this church. Uh, Ron, Laurie, and I grew up in this church. We, As a kid, we sat on that pew right over here every Sunday with Dad. Mom would be back here in the choir loft singing. Um, it, it was a fabulous time. At some point, Dad moved over to where he would always sit over here. But this sanctuary has always been so special to us. And uh, every Sunday, if Dad was healthy and if he was in town, he was going to be here. And uh, by my calculation, my, my math, it comes to like 3,000 Sundays that Dad spent sitting in this sanctuary, worshiping God with with all of his friends. So. To the members and staff of First Methodist, we thank y'all tremendously for everything that, that everybody did for, for Dad. He truly, truly loved this place. Um, when I was growing up, Dad's occupation was a, a pharmaceutical representative. And for the, the young people out here, that was before the days of email and cell phones and Zoom and and texting and all that stuff. It was It, it required, a person to travel physically and go visit people and and so dad was always on the road um, it was often that he would get up and leave on monday morning and not come back until thursday or friday because he had to to do what he had to do to provide for his family and he did a, did a great job of doing that but with that hectic schedule that he had and i didn't appreciate it as a kid but but somehow some way If we had an event, Laurie or Ron or me, if we had an event going on, a ball game or whatever, he was always gonna be there. Uh, Regardless of of when it was or where it was, he always made his way there. Um, He didn't have to be there, but it was very clear to us growing up that, that the main thing that dad wanted was to see us being happy. That was his number one priority with his children, to see us being happy, and he always wanted to be there. Uh, to make us happy. One incident that I think about, and it's it's probably kind of silly to talk about, but back when I was a kid, probably 11 or 12 years old, I played baseball for, it was called the Nakalula Civitans, and Charles Trotter, I think, was our third baseman, and I think I was the shortstop right beside him. We were not very good, but we had a lot of fun, um, but there was one game that Uh, And again, it's a silly story, but it it, it has stuck with me my entire life. But I had made an error or two, and the inning was over, and I come running in the dugout, and we had a coach that year that was a big, tall, ex-athlete, young guy that, you know, he was probably a great athlete, and he couldn't draw the line between his playing days and coaching children, so he starts yelling at me about the errors that I had made out in the field. So I'm coming in the dugout, and this man's just yelling, yelling, yelling. Well, all of a sudden, I hear two men yelling, yelling, yelling. And I turn, and the second man was my dad. He wasn't yelling at, the, at, at me. He was yelling at the coach. And that was not dad's personality. He was not confrontational. He wasn't one of these to do that. But he saw at that moment that his kid was unhappy, and his kid was in trouble, and he didn't like it. And so he came over there and basically chewed out the coach for fussing at me, and the coach ended up apologizing and, and went away. Well, at that moment in time, I was, I was horrified. That's the only word I can put on it. I was absolutely horrified. I thought this is the worst thing that's ever happened. My dad yelling at my coach, I'll never get over this. But as the weeks and the months and the years and the decades went by, I really came to appreciate that, that that was dad. Leaving his comfort zone—that wasn't his comfort zone—to come yell at somebody, but he left that comfort zone to go take care of his kid and to make sure that his child was was okay. Um, after Ron and I finished playing sports, we got too old. Then along came Laurie. Ten years later, Laurie was a, was a really good swimmer back then, and Dad loved going to her swimming meets. He loved it, but he would—he—he he wouldn't just sit there either. He'd be walking down the edge of the swimming pool and I mean dad had it he had it timed perfectly Laurie's um, if I remember right her her best stroke was the breaststroke where you you know your face goes underwater then your face comes up and underwater and up well dad had it timed perfectly so when Laurie's head would come up he'd go "Go, Laurie (laughs) and then he'd go down then go Laurie all all the way down he just he, he dad loved being there and loved seeing us happy. He, he went to Laurie's piano recitals. He probably cheered for you there. I don't know. But that's, that's, that's what he wanted to, to see. Um, Dad was a huge Alabama football fan. Uh, I've never understood how Dad and Lee Trotter were such good buddies, but they were. But uh, that's one of my old memories was, was listening to Alabama football games in the late 60s on a transistor radio with Dad sitting in a den listening on the radio to find out how the tide did that day. He loved it. But then as fate would have it, and I'm going to talk about Laurie again. Laurie decided she wanted to go to Auburn. Well, Dad was good with that. And again, it was just all about seeing my children be happy. He ran with it. He even cheered for Auburn at least 10 out of 11 games every year he would. But he he did what it took to to make sure that his children were happy. And that's he, he, he was such, so fantastic, so fantastic. So, in closing, um, I just want to say I'm, I'm very blessed to have called him my dad, and he was very blessed to have this church here and to have his church family and all the people here that, that loved him. The, over the last seven weeks since he, he broke his hip, uh, we watched him. Um, we watched his physical body just just wear out basically, and his strength went away, and we watched his strength go away. But But what cannot go away uh, is the the memories that we have of dad. They'll never go away. The lessons that we learn from him will never go away. We'll always have those, and I certainly am very appreciative of that. So thank you all very much for being here. We certainly appreciate it, and, and, and thanks for everything that you did in dad's life. Appreciate it.
2: I want to thank everyone, first of all, for coming here, whether you were friends of my dad or you friends of the family. And it, it just means so much. We are humbled and we're appreciative and we thank you. And we also were so aware of the prayers that were lifted up for my dad and for our family. You know, it, my dad knew that, that God was with him and it comforted us. Um, and that, that day that he departed, the Holy Spirit was with him, guided him back to heaven.
0: <clears throat>
2: when Dad um, arrived there, I'm quite sure our Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I, I want to especially thank <clears throat> excuse me, my brother and sister, so much for all that y'all did for dad. Whether y'all were just <clears throat> visiting or taking him to a doctor's visit, a lot of doctor visits, or getting him a milkshake, love the milkshakes, thank y'all. <clears throat> I want to thank my beautiful wife for being there with, the, uh, with my dad the last couple of weeks every morning because we've all been working and we're thinking okay what what transpired during the night while he's in the hospital how's he doing and she was the first to tell us what this is what's going on that's going on and it just eased our minds and we were able to do the things that that we had to do and my sweet sister-in-law Charlene and visiting him and so many things that you do for the family and we just thank you so much You know, there's a, um, when you look at the bulletin or you later look at at his gravestone, there's a little dash between the 18th of May, 1931 and the 27th of October, 2022. That little dash was his life. That was over 91 years. He lived in Birmingham and Gadsden and graduated from Gadsden High School in 1949 he attended the University of Alabama for a little while until the Korean War interrupted that, and he joined the Air Force and ended up in Korea. While he was in Korea, he, uh, he, sometimes his, his uh, sleep was interrupted. He would tell me stories about a guy they called Bed Check Charlie that would come, it was an unarmed North Korean reconnaissance plane that would come flying around and uh, so that sometimes they'd shoot at him and stuff. Um, but wh- while he was in Korea, he was getting the Birmingham paper, and he saw there was a participant in the Miss Alabama contest. It was someone he had known since third grade, and he remembered how pretty she was and how sweet she was. Had a beautiful soprano voice. Her name was Jean Pruitt. He wrote her, and she wrote back. When he came home, he visited the University of Alabama where she was a student. And on seeing her, Dad was always a romantic. He said, long time no see. When Dad arrived in heaven Thursday morning, I think he had the same thing to say to that girl he married. But in heaven, where a day is like a thousand years for us, it was just a blink of an eye before dad arrived. Neither mom or dad suffer the pains of aging. Mom's beautiful voice is singing praises. And Dad, who didn't especially care for singing or maybe just didn't think his voice was very good, I'm sure he's singing as well. <clears throat> just like Lex said, Dad had to be absent a lot of times because of work, because of his travel. But so often he would be coming home and he would have a, uh, he'd have a comic book for Lex and I. This is before Laurie was born. And it was the greatest thing, just the greatest thing. One time I, I remember, though, he comes driving up and we, the the driveway was a dirt road and we could tell he had an arrow through his head. And it was kind of shocking, but it was funny, too. And you think, he's got an arrow in his head. And this was long before Steve Martin started doing, the comedian started doing that. Uh, so Dad was kind of an original there. I remember when he... I was always into this Army stuff, but uh, I remember he, I wanted him to help me build a fort one time, and all he did was built this simple, like wooden wall, but to me it it was the coolest fort ever. When I broke my arm at age seven, he put a splint on my arm, and I went to the emergency room, and I remember how angry I felt when the nurse said, let's take that old thing off your arm. Because my dad had done it. When we take trips to see my uncle in Washington, D.C. And I would plead to go see Civil War battlefields. And he would take the whole family and make this, you know, detour over to a Civil War battlefield just so I could see it. And it's just like Lex saying, just doing things to make us happy, maybe when it wasn't really a good thing to do. When I was in high school, I I wrestled. I was in the 145 weight class, believe it or not. And And I wasn't very good, but there was a time when we were challenging to see who would wrestle first team, and we were supposed to be going on an outing, a family outing. So they weren't sure about whether I should even you know, if I won, if I should be going, and I remember Dad going to the challenge matches and uh, looking at him for a moment, should I do it? And he nodded his head. Go ahead and do it. It wasn't just go challenge, but go ahead and win. And I actually did, as bad a bad a wrestler as I was. But he gave me the the confidence that I needed. He was there for the good times and the bad times. Gave me advice. Sometimes he had to straighten me out. He's loved my family. He's taken a personal interest in my sons. And he has taken a personal interest in all of his grandsons. Each grandchild touched his heart. And he was their biggest cheerleader. When I was an adult, he told us that he was adopted by our grandfather. His family, of course, also included his mother and his sister, Tina. But he had some questions about his natural father. And through research and a lot of years, we were able to find his previously unknown siblings over 13 years ago. And the great thing was they were looking for him. We found three incredible people and their families in the Baton Rouge area uh, that anyone would be blessed to be a part of their family. My Aunt Sandra, who we lost about a year ago, a little over a year ago. My Aunt Peggy and her husband, Lynn, and my Uncle Randy and his wife, Martha. Dad got to know them well and they poured as much love towards him as he did towards them. And I tell you, Dad, he felt like a prince being your older brother. And we're certainly so grateful for your love for him and all of us in Montgomery. We look forward to continuing life's journey with you guys. And I'm so glad that my dad's cousin, Marsha, is here. They had lots of fun when they were growing up. As things got older, it was more difficult to see each other and even talk to each other sometimes. But it gave me the opportunity to, to get to know her and what a sweet person she is and what a, a lovely and loving cousin. And we're just so glad you're here today, Marsha. Jennifer and I picked up my son Aaron from school Thursday afternoon. Uh, I hugged Aaron outside of the car. It was a lot easier to write this down than it is to talk about it. Uh, I told him, I hugged him and told him Granddaddy had gone to heaven. He cried, he tore at my heart. Uh, Dad so often told me I want to live long enough to see what kind of person Aaron is going to be. I told Aaron, I said, he did. He saw what kind of person you're going to be. After my mom died over five years ago, I was talking to a friend in the choir at church and I was tell him how much my mom loved music and how beautiful the music was at her service. And my friend said, maybe God peeled back that curtain a little bit so she could see it. And, and I pondered on that. And then I was reading, it says, says in the Bible that every time a, a, a new believer comes to know the Lord... There is a celebration in heaven. They know about it. So there is communication between this earth and heaven. And I believe that God peeled back that little curtain. And he let us, let him see who all's gathered here today. And what love that all of you have for it. Thank y'all so much, so much for loving him, for loving us, for coming here.
0: Thank you all so much for um, saying what could not have been said better. Could not have been said better. I only got to be Alex's pastor for um, a few years, but the first time you met him and talked to him at all, you knew what kind of person he was. And when I found out that in his business life that he was a, worked for a pharmaceutical company, I thought. Uh, well, it's no wonder that he was successful at it because I guess there are two ways to be successful in business. I guess you could kind of bully your way through and be dog-eat-dog or, that, or, or you could just be really kind and love people and make them happy to see you coming. And this, the latter way was the, the way that Alex was. He um, was the, the kindest, most loving person and I, I really got to know him through my morning Bible study um, because on Sunday mornings you only get to see people for just a short time, um, maybe on the way in, on the way out. But during Bible study, we, we talked before, we talked after, and he uh, in, enjoyed, he had uh, so many good friends in his church and he enjoyed it so much. And um, he would always talk with me and I enjoyed talking with him so much. He was always so kind. And um, when he found out he was going to be moving to Montgomery, I remember uh, the, the Wednesday, just like it was yesterday, and he came up to me and he said, Pastor Sam, he said, I'm moving to Montgomery. And he said, I don't know if I'll ever find a church I love as much as Gadsden First United Methodist Church, but I'm going to try he had he had a good attitude, but he he knew that this was going to be a, a hard a hard bar to 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 top um, He said, "I'm going to miss coming here and being in your Bible studies. and we missed him, and we continued to love him, even if we had to love him from afar. we still loved him because you could not help but love Alex Holtzford. I want to share with you some words of Jesus from John chapter 14 verses 1 through 3 and then verses 25 through 27 where Jesus said these words let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And then verses 25 through 27. These things I've spoken to you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. And then these words in verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When we hear the words, let not your heart be troubled, I think what is talking about is... Is troubling the waters um, because I, I see if our, our heart is still and it's like a still pool of water sometimes it's it's all agitated and sometimes we're we're troubled and it sounds almost impossible to not let your heart be troubled, especially at a time when let's face it we we are troubled we we live in troubling times, and on a day like today, we're, we're grieving. We have troubles. We have worries. We have anxieties. We have fears. And just like Jesus' disciples did in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I'm going uh, away. I'm going to the Father. And they were troubled, and he said, let not your heart be troubled. And I don't know if they said this, but I think we would have to say this, Lord, we're gonna need some help on that one. We're gonna need help if we're not gonna let our hearts be troubled. And then Jesus's very next word, you trust in God, trust also in me. So what do we do with our worries? What do we do with our, our fears and our sorrow and our anxiety? Max Lucado is one of my favorite authors, and I think I've read all of his books. I don't know, maybe there's one out there, a stray one out there I haven't read yet, but one of his books uh, called He Chose the Nails uh, makes a suggestion that I think is a really good idea and is right on the mark for us today. He says the next time we have worries or anxieties or fears or, or sorrow, to take a mental trip to a hill outside of Jerusalem, and to let in our mind's eye uh, ourselves to go up that hill and see a wooden cross we have this beautiful cross up lifted up as high as we can get it, um, so it's always a reminder of that old wooden cross, but in our mind, as we go up that that hill let's let's see even the spear. Let's see in our mind's eye even the nails and let's, let's read the sign that was nailed onto the cross, Jesus, King of the Jews. And, and then let's even look down on the ground at the dirt stained by Jesus' blood and remember this. Jesus did this for you and for me. It was for you and me. It was for Alex Holtzford, That Jesus took the point of the spear and felt the nails in his hands and his feet. And knowing all this, knowing what he did for you on that cross. Don't you think he's going to look out for you here? The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8.32. God did not spare his own son but gave his all for us. So with Jesus Will not God surely give us all things? So couldn't we take our anxious moments and couldn't we take our, our bad moments? And let's face it, we have bad moments. Couldn't we take our mad moments? Have any mad moments lately? Today, this morning, maybe? Maybe. Couldn't we take all of those moments and couldn't we just leave them at the foot of the cross knowing what Jesus did for us, how much he loved us? And one more thing, could we not take our final moments and we're all going to have a final moment like Alex did and couldn't we leave that final moment at the foot of the cross too knowing that same Jesus who died for us, who loved us that much is preparing a place for us. And we'll take us there someday. So Alex's someday was last Thursday. And that was the day that Alex got to see the place that Jesus had prepared for him. Thursday was the day he got to be reunited with Gene, who he was married to for 62 years with his parents, sisters, many of his friends who he was friends with right here in this church, what a glad reunion that was. A blink of an eye, as Ron said earlier. So thinking about that joy that he's experiencing right now, why is it that death just bothers us so much? And I think I think it's because it's unknown. I think it's because... We see what we see here, and we we know even when time we we know what to expect, even if it's bad. But going somewhere unknown makes us a little bit nervous. Max Lucado, in the same book, tells a story about when he and his wife were going to do a surprise trip for their family. They were going to surprise their daughters and check them out of school, and and then not telling them anything about it until they were. Uh, taken away for the weekend and it sounded like a great idea and it sounded like a lot of fun but one of their daughters Sarah didn't think it was such a great idea so when they showed up at her her classroom to check her out of school that Friday she didn't want to go she's like where are we going no it's a surprise no I don't know and she was afraid and she started crying and she didn't like to have her routine interrupted And we don't like to have our routine interrupted either, do we? Am I the only one? We don't like to have our lives interrupted. We don't like it. It makes us afraid. It makes us anxious. And even though God is promising to take us to a place that is more wonderful than we could even imagine with our human minds, we still get upset about it. So what do we do when we feel upset about that? Well we do I think what Sarah eventually did we trust our father and Sarah by the way in the story in the book in Max's book he says that Sarah eventually trusted her mom and dad and after a little while she even started having fun and enjoying herself as a matter of fact when they got to where they were going she had so much fun that when it was time to come back she was she didn't want to come back And when you get to the place that Jesus has prepared for you, you won't want to come back either. I won't want to come back either. And Alex, as much as he loved his family and his friends, as much as he longed to be at every important moment in their lives for his not only his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his friends, but now in the place where Jesus has prepared for him, With God, with his sweetheart, with no pain, no ailments, no physical problems, no tears. I think he would just choose to be where he is right now and then wait for us. And then look forward to seeing us again someday, which I look forward to seeing him again in that place. So don't let your hearts be troubled, Jesus said. Trust in God, trust also in me. And every time we look at the cross, we remember that if he loved us that much, wouldn't he take care of us now? Those problems that seem so big, those bad moments, those sad moments, those mad moments, our troubled moments... You might be thinking, well, Pastor Sam, if I take all of my moments like that and I just leave them at the cross, I won't have any moments left but good ones. And I think that's what Jesus had in mind. Let us pray. God, you have said in your word that you are the God of all comfort. And you know when our hearts are troubled and they need that comfort. So... Just as troubled waters can be stilled, we ask that you still our hearts right now. We do believe you, Lord. We believe your promises, and we believe that just as you are preparing a place for us, that you have lovingly prepared a place for Alex Holtzford, where he's joined by all those that loved him, who went on before him, So God, he's seeing now what we only see by faith. So help us to remember that and rejoice. And God, in the times to come when we find our strength failing, will you grant us your strength? And teach us even now, Lord, to pray the the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said...
3: Thou forever wilt be. Great is Thy faithfulness, great is Thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Lord, unto me pardon for peace and us sin that in harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their Says above, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings are mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness. for sin and a peace that endureth thine undip presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings are mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need hath provided great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness lord
0: For we know that if our earthly tent where we live is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Let us pray. O God, Lord of life and conqueror of death, our help in this and every time of trouble. O Lord, comfort us right now. Those of us who are mourning and those of us who need your grace, Lord, freely give that grace in the presence of the mystery of death so that we can worship you, so that we can have such hope in eternal life that we are enabled to put our whole trust in your goodness, in your mercy, in your promises through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Will you stand?